Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. This is Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Friday to you. Just gotta go and push a couple of buttons now. I got to do that before. Those of you on the Twitch channel can see all the professionalism going on right now. <laughs> WSBT Radio, uh, or I'm sorry, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. That's our channel on Twitch. Of course, you can listen live, WSBTRadio.com, and uh, also through the WSBT Radio app. It is Leprechaun Lunch. I am Jimmy Ray, and uh, of course, Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, locally owned and operated also brought to you this week by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Lozier, launch your career at Lozier. Apply today, life at Lozier.com. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Sean Stevens at South Bend or Bob Borlick in North Liberty. Also by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. And the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.com. Org. So, how's your week been? You been feeling better? Been feeling better about Notre Dame season? Beating number four Clemson will kind of do that. Assuring that Clemson isn't going to make the college football playoff. That does that too. <laughs> we don't have to see Dabo in the college football playoff. La da 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 da. Don't get me wrong, great coach, but as, as far as, like, during a game, most annoying guy out there. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry, really. Um, by the way, like, neither Alabama nor Clemson are making a college football play. Who saw that coming? I did not. Um, but anyway, huge win last week. Huge win. Made for a great post-game show with Reggie Brooks. Wins always seem to do that. Um, yeah, 35-14. Like I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here today, right now. I still kind of can't believe that. I can't believe they went out and really just smacked Clemson in the teeth from the from the jump. From the jump, man. Like it did. It 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 really wasn't close at all. At all, like four, like when they were leading fourteen nothing. When 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 Notre Dame was leading fourteen nothing, it felt like a much bigger gap. Still, hadn't felt that at all. Did it all start clicking all of a sudden? <laughs> like what? What was it? Marcus Freeman's press conference on Monday. There's a prevailing theme between both sides of the ball. Oh, and also, you know, punt block. You know, that whole getting started quickly, forcing turnovers, things like that. Punt block, right, you know, to set up the first touchdown, to uh, score the first touchdown, actually. But physicality, 
was a big theme in Marcus Freeman's Monday press conference. Uh, offensive, defensive, everywhere. Let's start on offense. Marcus? I wish I could say it was one or two things. It's, it's one starts with the way we practice. Um, we have tough physical practice practices, and I think at times, you know, when things aren't going well, it's easy to question, are we doing what's right in practice? I mean, we're going good on good. We're going, we're going at it. You know, we're doing a lot of inside run. And, but there's a belief in me as the head coach that this is going to be our staple. You know, we're going to, we're, we're going to have, we're, we're going to have to be able to run the ball and stop the run when teams know we're doing it. So it's a belief in that it's, it starts in practice. You got to have physical football, right? You can't just turn it on on Saturday and we got to have tough, physical practice and that's just my belief over years of, of seeing it done that way in certain places that I've been just that you got to be physical in practice if you expect to do that in a game and so um, I mean our office I think ran for 263 yards I mean versus an extremely talented um, Clemson defense you know and, and I think our old line took it as a challenge we, we they, they got NFL guys across the board up front and uh our guys really did a good job of, of getting their hats where they needed to be. You're not going to be able to push those offensive, those defensive linemen five, ten yards down the field, but you got to be able to get your hats, your hat placement exactly where it needs to be, so your back can cut off of them. And uh, but it's a belief now. It's a belief in what we're doing. Oh yeah, definitely some some physicality on the offense. The offensive line, I think, probably played their best game of the season last week. Like it all came together really well especially when they were running and man did they run they uh they they were definitely leaning into the strength of their offense they really leaned into the strength of uh like the entire team approach but especially the running game as you mentioned 263 yards on the ground marcus talk about leaning into that strength if you would ask me before the game, if I thought we could rush the ball for 263 yards versus that defense, I wasn't 100% confident in that. Do I think we can run the ball? Yeah, we can run the ball. But 263 yards is a lot of rushing yards. And um, so you have to play to your strengths within the flow of the game, too, right? And, and we were able to run the ball and then keep doing it, right? The, I remember on defense and, and being a defense coordinator, if you couldn't stop the running, you would hope try to throw the ball. I hope they try to throw the ball, you know, and, and it's the ability to play to your strengths within the, the flow of the game. And, yeah, we got to be able to run the ball, you know, and if you're having success that we had on on Saturday, continue to run the ball, you know, and, and uh, defensively, you know, we really played well. Those last two series, you know, it's not really on as on them as much as I'm. I kept saying, don't give up the big play. Listen. This it's important. It's both were eleven play drives, and and I know it can be frustrating. I'm sure Coach Golden wanted the pressure and get after him, but I said don't give up the big play. We're up twenty eight points. Don't give up the big play. And eleven play drive, you take three four minutes off the clock. They end up scoring. I know nobody wants to give up a score, but continue to not give up the big play and make them earn every inch. And so that that was a point of emphasis for me. Run the ball. Don't give up big plays, and uh, end up helping us have success. Yeah. The, the- the running game, like, that rush defense was eighth in the country. That's a pretty good run defense. And they just took it to it, like, just took it to them. Audrick Estime, uh, Logan Diggs, I mean, just great games by both of them. They are, uh, they they have turned into quite the one-two punch, haven't they? And you got Tyree, you know, more, you know, kind of finesse plays a little bit, you know, more out of the back, you know, more catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, maybe more being able to get to the uh, get to the edges. They start getting to the edges. They started getting to the edges even. They hadn't been able to do that all season. They started getting to the edges against the number eight ranked rush defense in the country. That was somebody just going, oh, yeah, right, they did that. That's what that was. <laughs> Defense, 
definitely physical as well. Yeah, so when I talk about physicality when I open, that's that's part of it. The relentless effort to run after the ball. You see multiple guys finishing on top of piles, and that's what you want to see because that's, that's a choice, right? It's a standard force, but it's a choice to truly run to the ball as hard as you can and to – Visit, finish with, with physical intentions, and that's what you love to see as a, a former defensive coordinator but also as the head coach of this football team. That's what we have to do. Um, as far as the perimeter, that was a huge point of emphasis for us because anytime you play 11 personnel, which is when an offense has three wideouts in the game and one tight end, anytime you play 11 personnel teams and you're in nickel defensively, you're going to get challenged on the perimeter. You don't have that big Sam linebacker out there, as they did. They had zero. He was a big, thick linebacker. Um, we play with a nickel, and so teams will challenge you on the perimeter. But we had to defeat the perimeter running game. We got two holding calls early in the game that I think helped. Um, it helped us. It helped kickstart things. And uh, But our guys did do a good job of defeating blocks, triggering. We caught a couple cover twos versus um, outside plays. Right now, your corners are triggering. You don't really have to beat a block. You just got to trigger and, and be fast. And so, Coach Golden did a great job in, in game calling the game, but also our guys did a great job of executing. Man, a guy who who really had a great game and uh, really kind of needed it too, because he had been he had been picked on a little bit early early on in the season. You know that that kind of happens when you're a freshman cornerback. But uh, but Benjamin Morrison, man, he he had himself a game. He balled out. Uh, on Saturday night, of course, the two interceptions, the big one, the pick six, uh, seven tackles as well. A lot, like just he looked like a new guy, you know. Yeah, part of tackling is confidence, right? And and it's it's two things I talk to him all the time about being great. Great tacklers are confident, and great tacklers are aggressive. You know, the first tackle Ben made on eighty four, it wasn't a tackle. He almost got ran over by eighty four, and. I told Coach Mickey, you tell Ben, I know he's confident and he's aggressive, but you better go low on that big dude, you know. And, and the next opportunity he had, he went a little bit lower, probably not as low as I want him to go, you know. And he's got to understand there's there's weight classes to this thing. You know, if you got somebody that's outside your weight class, you better go low. Um, but he's confident and he's aggressive, you know, and, and that's what makes him such a, a, a really good player. But if you want to stop the perimeter running game, you've got to be able to close space. You know, and, and not wait, wait, wait. You see a lot of missed tackles or tackles that end up giving the offense a lot of yards is because the defensive guy does not close the space to the ball carrier. But that takes confidence to do that. Yeah, Ben, man. <laughs> That's exactly what you need out of a cornerback, too. You need your cornerbacks being being confident, almost being overconfident, almost being cocky, not wanting to be, uh, you know, very meek and mild. You know, like, I, I never... I never liked seeing a uh, you know a, a quiet cornerback. You know, much like a much like a quiet wide receiver. Cornerbacks are basically <laughs> wide receivers who can't catch. But um, you want those guys to be uh, to at least look like they're not going to be pushed around. And you kind of had that at the beginning of the year. With, with Ben, did not have that by the time the, the Clemson game was done. Did not have that at all. It's like everything kind of built up a little bit le- leading up to this crescendo. Hopefully, we're still not at the, uh, you know, the end of said crescendo. Just saying. That would be nice. Of course, a lot of people still talking about Drew Pine and uh, and, and and quarterback progress and and whatnot. Marcus, your thoughts on uh, on Drew? I'm thinking that offensive player of the game was Drew Pine, defensive player of the game was Ben Morrison, and we had two special teams player of the game that was Jordan Botello, who blocked the punt, and Prince Kali who scored the touchdown. And so those are the players of the game. And and as far as Drew. Um, you know, the ability to run the offense, I think we had zero pre-snap penalties, which is, I mean, to control, it's not easy to sit in that huddle, look at the play clock and say, okay, we're going to break at this moment or get down there in time enough to do your motions and shifts and the ability for him to control that offense. And then we only had one three and out, 
you know, offensively, which is huge. The ability to extend drives. I don't care if we end up punting, but to, to control the play clock, control the game clock, and extend drives um, was huge. And he, I think he had about 100 yards in terms of, you know, running, throwing the ball, um, was really efficient, two touchdowns. And so he did a really good job um, in what he was asked to do. You know, the challenge for him is it, this is – I don't know how many games in a row that we continue to get a couple balls batted. And so, you know, I hear Coach Reese saying all the time, step up, man. You have to find those open spaces. You know, you're not 6'4", you know, but God is fair, we say, right? He's got some other gifts and that, you know, he's got to be able to step into those open windows to deliver a ball. And, um, you know, but he is continuing to run the offense uh, the way we need it. It's not a bad thing to have a quarterback who's – a game manager who's a good game manager. Sure, you want the flashy, you know, you you want the the big play out of the quarterback and whatnot. You always love that. That's what drives ratings. It's it's the sexy thing to watch. A good game manager, though, opens you know allows all those things, especially you know the ball control aspect to open up more to allow that to breathe more. That's where that's where I think Drew Pine fits in very nicely, very nicely. Again, not exactly the greatest you know the greatest numbers in the world, but he didn't make mistakes. You don't want that out of a quarterback in any respect. He's cut back on the mistakes. Cut back a lot on the mistakes. Done that a lot. Now I I, I do kind of disagree. Offensive player of the game though. <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> no offense, man, but I think even you would say, you know, oh, oh, what, what, what about estimate? What about Diggs? <laughs> what about Michael Mayer, who went out and set a record for the school? Huh? That's <laughs> the only thing. That's the only thing that kind of made me go, what? Huh? Anyway, uh, speaking of Drew Pine, hopefully he caught the. Uh, the heartwarming moment, I guess, you know, out of a, out of an 80s sitcom, 80s, 90s, you know, TGIF comedy, uh, where the audience goes, oh, definitely saw that between Drew Pine and Tommy Reese on, uh, on Saturday night. Yeah. It, they, that, those two moments, that's a real relationship. Anybody in this room, anybody, that's a real relationship. You're not always hugging each other like they were doing after on the sideline, right? You're not always hopefully yelling and screaming at each other they were doing, I don't know what game that was, Cal game, right? That's a real authentic relationship, and that's a, re- that's a reflection of two guys that trust each other, right? That you can have those type of moments, but also embrace and tell them you love them, and I'm so proud of you, you know? And, and that's real, and that's what I tell our players, and I tell these recruits, that's what you'll get here at Notre Dame. You're going to get real, authentic relationships where, you know what, sometimes the greatest display of love is discipline, right? Discipline might be yelling and screaming at somebody, do your job, whatever explicit set of use, right? But the other part is telling them, I love you and I'm so dang proud of you, man, you know? And that's that's what I want all our coaches to have, and that's what I want our players to have um, with their coaches. So, Heartwarming moment. I know. Got a little choked up there on the press box. Anyway, so, big win over Clemson. Next couple of weeks, um, not exactly, you know, top tier (laughs) as far as the opponent goes. Not exactly top tier. Uh, After such a big win like that, how do you prep for a 3-6 and Navy team? It's it's your actions, you know, and... It's one thing to say, turn the page, let's move on to Navy, but it's another thing is your actions, right? Are you coaching with the same intensity um, that you have after a loss? You know, is everything you do, they're going to look, they're going to compare. Hey, is he the same coach after a win that he is after a loss? You hope you're consistent in terms of your actions. And um, in reminders, right? It's constant reminders. You got to continue to put in their head how important it is to prepare for the next opponent. As I tell them all the time, man, if you want the answers to the test, it's preparation. And we have to prepare. We have to prepare. We have to prepare. 
the only thing they're mandated to do is the things that we see when we're around them, right? And the expectations we have when we can physically see them. But we have to continue to put in their minds when they're not around us. The preparation will give us a chance to have success and remind them how important it is to do whatever it takes to make sure we get that feeling that we have after victories. And so um, it's it's a constant evolution, a constant um, psychology in terms of how to convince their mind that this is so important that their actions reflect that. He's got a good point there. I mean, like I said, not exactly the uh, best opponents coming up over the next couple of weeks. As I mentioned, Navy's three and six. Uh, you know, still kind of in the uh, the lean times for for the Naval Academy. Uh, you know, but you got to look past the three and six because they none of the service academy teams, but especially Navy, never give up. Like the like the six the six losses that that they've given up, they they've they've mostly been pretty. Uh, you know, like still. There have been points in those games where it's just like, oh, their opponent goes, oh, we got to try a little bit here <laughs> before before we get upset <laughs> by Navy. So they never get those those teams never give up. That, that, that's probably my favorite quality of 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 all the service academy teams, quite honestly. But uh, it's a uh, it's a scheme that they haven't seen this season anyway. Uh, but it's a it's a scheme that they have seen basically forever because Navy is, for as long as I can remember, uh, has always run the triple option. But it's a little different animal, isn't it? Right, a little bit different. So hopefully you didn't just decide this week to start working on it, right? Oh, we've done it. We did a little bit and uh, introduced it in fall camp and, and did it during the bye week, which was early in the year, but we did a, a we, we actually had some practices um, with it in the bye week just so we can get the, the, the things that we need to show them on film. And then this week is full throttle, but um, we did sample it a little bit. And when simulating that this week, do you do you let them cut? I mean, it's such a big part of Navy's attack mm-hmm. is the cut block. Is that or is that just something you cannot really allow it? You know, well, practice? it's change, right? And that you can only cut at the line of scrimmage now, and with those interior linemen, and so. We're not really working on that at the second and third level like you used to in the past. Every level had to work on cut blocks. No longer do you have to do that. It's those interior linemen. And um, we'll find ways to simulate cut blocks. Um, I don't know if it's going to be live in reps, you know, during the middle of, of scout team plays, but we have to simulate it. You can't just tell them they're going to get cut. You have to simulate it in practice somehow, some way. Yep, sure do. Of course, it, it doesn't hurt having a, uh, well, you know, the head coach who last year was the defensive coordinator who who got to see it up front, you know, close and personal. And, of course, Al Golden seen it, too, plenty of times. Saw it when he was the coach at uh, at Temple. Saw it when he was the coach at Miami. How's, how's he using those? Actually, you know, it's been in- an interesting day because, you know, yesterday I spent some time with him, and there's a lot of – really good ideas he's had from previously facing triple option teams you know when he was at uh, Temple they faced Navy and then when he was at Miami they faced Georgia Tech and so had some really good ideas and watched some film of different things they did defensively to give us uh, a new way to defend the triple option so we'll enhance obviously there's some things we did last year that we had some success with but um, there's a lot of good enhancements I think that the defense will have because of his expertise in defending the triple option. So yeah, they're I I think they're I think they'll be fine. Again, you just kind of gotta not let them take you by surprise, you know. So I mean, you know what's coming. The triple it's the triple option. You know what's coming. Just stop it. Just go out and stop it. It's really all all the defense has to do. Um, like I mentioned, Navy. Three and six, of course, you know, this kind of isn't like every other rivalry that Notre Dame has. You know, like there's some, you know, there's genuine hatred between Notre Dame and USC in uh, in, in in some pockets at least. Uh, 
you know Notre Dame Clemson that that's that's kind of taken on a, a a life of its own especially over the last couple of years um Notre Dame and Navy is all built on respect you know like it's all it, it's all just respect it, and and that goes you know from like World War II you know and we all know that you know we all know the story uh, uh between Notre Dame and Navy and whatnot and you can tell that that respect translates to the football field as well and has continued to translate to the football field too that said if Notre Dame wants to go to a good bowl game they kind of got to go out and stomp on them a little bit just gotta probably will too uh Notre Dame a a 15 and a half point favorite uh tomorrow the uh, the game by the way on ABC so you can you know, not have to listen to Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett. Plus, it's a plus. It's a real plus. Over under on the game, 39 and a half, too. A little low, but I totally get it. Why? <laughs> you know, I totally get why. Because Navy's not very good this year. Let's just right there. All right. So, yeah, probably going to be a, a a big win. It gets started early, too. So, it gets started early. Man, does it. We've got our uh, replay of the Marcus Freeman show from last night. That comes up, your, uh, let's see, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. <clears throat> then, myself and, uh, and, and Tim Growl with Legacy Heating and Air Game Day. Bright and early, 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, I know we just did that, like, you know, what, two weeks ago? I know we just did it not all that long ago. I should kind of be, you know, I should kind of know what to expect. But when the alarm clock is going off at 4.30 and you sometimes aren't going to bed until 3, ugh, a little rough, a little rough. But I'll be here. Uh, 7 to 9 tomorrow for uh, Legacy Heating and Air Game Day. Uh, guests including... 1993 Game of the Century saving defensive back Sean Wooden. Also, uh, Joe Montana's favorite receiver, Chris Haynes. Also a member of the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame. And uh, and former wide receiver Bobby Brown. They're on the uh, the docket for, for game day with Tim and myself. Then, Darren and Tyler have uh, game day sports beat powered by Michelob Ultra. That running from 9 to 11, Notre Dame Radio Network takes over at 11 with the uh, the tailgate show and the pregame show and then the game. And then Reggie and I will have the official Notre Dame football postgame show Ooh, sometime around 3.30 or so. Sometime between 3 and 3.30, I would imagine, uh, as far as uh, as far as that goes. Sometime after the game. Once the game goes double double zeros, that's when you'll hear Reggie and myself. That's all. Uh, that's all our coverage for tomorrow. Like I said, starting bright and early, 6 a.m. tomorrow for Notre Dame and Navy. From Baltimore, by the way. It's all part of uh, our coverage that we do every week for Notre Dame football right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leprechaun Lunch continues next. Leprechaun Lunch powered by First State Bank. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Jimmy Rosari. Earlier this week, Darren talked with Mike Singer, the uh, recruiting expert from Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, talking about the future of Notre Dame football. It was a big recruiting weekend last weekend, so here's that conversation from Tuesday. Let's get down to business. It was a big recruiting weekend. For the Fighting Irish, I mean, kind of the who's who of Notre Dame recruits were in town for the most part. What was your major takeaway from the weekend? I'm going to start off with a maybe not so glamorous positive note. The amount of big-time Notre Dame targets that ended up on campus was not – it didn't match up to maybe – um, the USC game last year or the USC game in 2019, your, your big marquee opponent of the fall um, in terms of just the amount of underclassmen targets. Typically in 
late October, Notre Dame has its senior class wrapped up. So you're not going to have many big targets in that class, but it's the, the junior class of just littered with all these targets. Notre Dame didn't have that, um, but so that's kind of, I'm just going to be honest with you guys, that was one takeaway. But for the players who were there, you, it, there was certainly quality. And, and the most important was Peyton Bowen, who's already committed to Notre Dame. He's a five-star safety um, from Denton, Texas, Geyer High School, committed to the Irish uh, January 1st, but has visited many schools since. Notre Dame's really battling to hang on to him. Darren, a report even came out today. He's visiting Texas this weekend. It's like, wow. well, Texas, no one's even talking about for him. It's been since before he committed that anyone's even mentioned the Longhorns of Peyton Bowen. Now he's going to Texas this weekend with his younger brothers, the class of 2024 cornerback, and um, you know, I believe has an offer from the Longhorns. Um, but yeah, so that saga keeps going on. But I will say, and I've reported this at balloongold.com. You can find more on the website that Irish sources are feeling better about Notre Dame's chances to hold on to Bowen more than ever. Hmm. Um, so take that for what it's worth. You know, it's you know, you you say that and you report that. And then the next day it comes out, he's visiting Texas. So it's kind of like, all right, back to square one. Like that's how I, at least I feel. But, you know, again, he, he has a younger brother. It, it, it's Dallas to Austin's, I think, three hours. So it, it's it's not, you know, uh, some crazy visit they're taking. Um, but uh, I, I that that's a big takeaway that Notre Dame is, don't, at, at this point, don't stress yourself out what Oklahoma and A&M reporters are saying. Notre Dame is, should be considered the team to beat for Peyton Bowen. Again, Notre Dame sources are buzzing about the Irish's chances to hold on to him. Um, so I think that's that's definitely a good thing. And then the two other main – I mean, there's uh, many. I think it was like 14 or 15 2023 commits for Notre Dame were on campus. Five of the six class of 2024 commits were on campus. And then these two main currently high school seniors who were on campus, uh, both official visits. Caleb Smith from Frisco, Texas, Breedy High School, decommitted from Texas Tech Friday so that he could take an official to Notre Dame. We've talked about this kind of official visit policy for Notre Dame that if you're an Irish commit and you take an official elsewhere, you're, you, we don't see you as a committed player anymore. Well, then for Notre Dame to say, hey, Texas Tech commit Caleb Smith, you come on an official there, it'd be kind of hypocritical. you know. Yeah. So for Smith to come up this weekend officially, he had to decommit. And he did on Friday – um, uh, when he exactly told the, uh, the Red Raider staff, I, I don't know, but he announced it Friday um, and then, yeah, got on plane and, and had a great weekend um, at Notre Dame. So Irish look really good here, uh, and, and Notre Dame really searched for K uh, Khalil Barnes. He's listed as a corner. Notre Dame's recruiting him as a wide receiver. He could play as a corner, too, and we've talked about him you know, in, in recent shows, and I saw him a couple weeks ago. I thought he was fantastic on both sides of the ball. I think Notre Dame made a really good move, probably the leader in this recruitment at this point as well, Barnes being a 6'1", 185 player from the Athens, Georgia area, someone who has known Deion Colsey, a Notre Dame receiver from that same area for, him for a long time. So really interesting. Notre Dame's got three receiver commitments. Do they end up taking five? Do they get Barnes and Smith? Taysom Lines is someone we've talked about a long time. Notre Dame is went from the uh, seemingly like the leader in that recruitment to not sure. So um, kind of wild there, but Notre Dame with Bowen, Smith, Barnes, these three guys who the Irish really want in their 23 class seems to make a really strong impression on Darren. Um, and right now, crazy enough to say, I I'd project the Irish to sign all three on, on national signing day. Call me a homer, but that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm feeling. Well, you kind of stole my thunder toward the end there. I was going to ask, can they take both Smith and Barnes? Does that make sense? And it sure sounds like it does. I mean, then you throw in Brandon Hillman, who we've talked about an athlete from Virginia who could play a receiver or running back or DB. So Notre Dame's in the business of signing good players, um, athletes to, to bolster, you know, the outside edges on, on both sides of the ball, and they think they're, they're doing that with these guys. So we'll see. We'll see. And just a comment that might lead to a comment from you on Peyton Bowen, but I don't fall into the category of a diehard recruiting fan. I don't read every piece of information that's out there and bite my fingernails. Is this guy going to come? I enjoy following it through you and through your work. 
Let me say this. For those people that panic every second about Peyton Bowen going somewhere else, put yourself in his shoes for a second. You're that age. You got a chance to see the country, follow your brother around. You got a chance to watch Texas and TCU from the sideline. Why wouldn't you do that? If you have communicated with Notre Dame what you're doing and they're comfortable with it, I think everybody else should be comfortable with it. Let the kid have some fun. If I was as good as he was and I had a chance to see all these other games, Mike, and as long as I communicate with Notre Dame, I think it's a great opportunity for him. Go have fun. Two, two, school, two schools of thought. Okay. There is the, well, why did you commit then crowd, which, sure, yeah. But then I point to, I don't know if this is an edgy comment to make, like half of marriages end up in divorce. <laughs> and that's a pretty that's a pretty big commitment. Don't talk to me about pipe. I mean, this is a game we're talking about. That's a real marriage. Yeah. So maybe that's an edgy comment. People are not going to like that. But, hey, like, let's just point fingers at ourselves on, on that. And then I will also say there is the Notre Dame fans who they're on edge about it because they know how important of a player he is. I mean, this is a five-star game changing program changing kind of player so you're on edge because you just want him so bad and you love Notre Dame football so bad um that you're feeling so passionate about it um because you just want him so badly at Notre Dame but yeah don't don't come after the kid that's that's the overarching theme here Mike Singer Darren Pritchard with you talking Notre Dame football recruiting on WSBT radio Let's get into some of the details of a South Carolina Gamecock defensive back commit, Carson Hobbs. He was on the Notre Dame campus. How desperate are the Irish looking for another corner, and does he fit the mold? So he's a 2024 corner, so not desperate at all at this point. Um, so, Darren, you're a, you're a college football guy. I mean, just think about the South Carolina Gamecocks. How without knowing their roster very well. Do you think they get many players from Ohio? <laughs> I mean, just, like he's, he's, he committed to South Carolina, and Carson Hobbs is from Cincinnati, Archbishop Moeller. Wow. He committed to them before his junior season, and it's kind of like that's an interesting fit. And he grew up a diehard Notre Dame fan. His dad is a big Notre Dame fan. So it's like, Darren, if Notre Dame is, is, is once Carson Hobbs in their 2024 class, I think that's where he's going to end up, just logically, right? Just That just makes sense. Then you talk to him, and, you know, he's like, told me, and, and you can find this article, bloomgold.com, he told me that, uh, you know, Notre Dame is, he, he said that the visit was a dream. And then he, he I'm not going to say it on air. You can, folks can, can you know, sign up at bloomgold.com, just $10 through the start of, uh, you know, next football season. He made a comment about how hard Notre Dame is recruiting him compared to South Carolina. So it's, it's I think that it, it, Notre Dame is just looking fantastic to flip him. And, um, you know, what's that 6'1", 180? I've interviewed him twice. I mean, he is just a very well-spoken young man. He seems like a very strong Notre Dame fit from that perspective. Mike Mickens is doing a really nice job. He's like – when he went on his visit, he's like, I was just so excited to talk to those coaches mm -hmm. who I've been communicating with so much on the phone or via text message. Like, um, it, it just feels like a strong um, Notre Dame fit for sure. Okay, that's definitely something to watch. Very interesting. Now let's move to the good old state of Kansas, where you don't think of a lot of big-time high school football recruits, but there is one there, and we have followed the progress of Dylan Edwards from Kansas State commit to decommitting to picking the University of Notre Dame. From there, it, it seems like every time I see a post about Dylan Edwards, he's scoring like five touchdowns in a game. When he doesn't score five, six it's like a disappointment. Right? Yeah, sir, six last week. Oh, so, yeah, maybe he would have got five. Would have been right. They dropped 70 points just on a whim. I mean, he was the Gatorade player of the year in Kansas in 2021. I mean, I would assume he would get it again this year. I mean, he's probably got better stats than yeah. last year, like the young man is simply electric. So, and I also want to throw in, this was not on our topic list, Jaden Greathouse, um, a, a wide receiver from Texas who's committed to Notre Dame and kind of our weekly who's uh, who's coming after the Notre Dame commits segment. I mean, it's, I, and this is my fourth recruiting cycle cover Notre Dame. I've never, it's never been like this hmm. with other schools coming after Notre Dame's commits. And I think a large part of that it's because Notre Dame's signing a great class and other schools really want their kids. 
you know, I, I think that's a huge part of it. So Edwards, formerly a Kansas State commit, as you mentioned, Darren. I see you jotting down notes. I'm like, well, here comes a follow up after this. Am I am I right? Yeah. Well, you tease Great House, so I was kind of curious who's after him, but we'll. Continuing on, yes, because uh, it's great radio. Um, but yeah, Edwards was supposed to visit Notre Dame from what I was told, and then ended up at Kansas State. Got that intel right before the Notre Dame game. So it's like everyone's like, oh, my gosh, we're losing our minds. I'm like, guys, calm down. I didn't even know what the deal was at that point. It's just like, calm down. You know, he wasn't able to make it to Notre Dame. And uh, his buddy's Avery Johnson, a quarterback commit for Kansas State. And it was his birthday weekend. So he went over. I don't even think his, his parents didn't even go to the game. Um, and his dad played at Kansas State. Um, so there's, I'm told Notre Dame sources – and people close to Edwards say he's totally fine. But I just want to mention because maybe you saw on Twitter that A. Edwards is at Kansas State or you saw on our message board. No concern here. I mean, maybe a little bit of concern just because it's recruiting I and mean, who the heck knows. But otherwise, I'm not supposed to be any concern. And then I mentioned Peyton Bowen, Notre Dame safety commit earlier in the show, is visiting Texas this weekend. So is Jaden Greathouse from Austin, Texas. Wake, uh, excuse me, Westlake couple things to mention. He is from Austin, and I think all of his family is Texas fans. So it was absolutely expected that he was going to go to Texas at some point this fall. But there seems to be confidence from, like, Texas reporters that there's more to see here. Great House didn't get to go to Notre Dame for the Clemson game because of weather. Um, his flight got canceled. A lot of people's flight got canceled. Like, Bryant Young and his kid. Bryce Young, the class of 2024 defensive lineman. They were supposed to come up from North Carolina. Their flight got canceled. So, like, this is, this is just happening. So, it's like, oh, he didn't go to Notre Dame. Now he's going to Texas. I, I Personally, I don't think there's a whole lot to read into here that he's going to Texas and maybe flits. I think he already picked Notre Dame over Texas once, and I don't see him, you know, changing his mind on that. But just because it is – like, he is going to Texas this weekend – and Longhorns reporters do think there's more to see than me on this. I, I, I did want to mention it, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm optimistic about Notre Dame's chances here. Okay. See, I don't have to ask the question. You took care of everything. I won't, I'll stop right. taking notes. I had written down here, what do you think of the Irish <laughs> Hockey 2023 class so far? But we'll save that for another week because i got to talk about oh, yeah. Another Bowen for a second, Drake Bowen, who's like taking out all the high school teams in my area with his yeah. Andrean football team. And let me just say this first off, just watching a little video of him, he looks like he could step on the field and help Notre Dame right now physically. I don't know about his football IQ, but physically he looks the part of a guy that could suit up and play linebacker for Notre Dame right now, and you wouldn't even blink Knowing, not knowing the fact that he's still a high school football player. Well, before we started recording, you know, we were talking about Bowen, and he's listed at 6'1 half, 233 pounds. He's about the size of Notre Dame's upperclassmen linebackers right now. Um, he's got 10 pounds on even Jack Kaiser. So it's like he, I mean, he, he is, he's looked the part since like his junior season, like as someone who could be playing college ball right now. I know he's not playing – you know, a big time ball in Indiana, class two A, but you know, his schedule and the competition they play is not Indiana two A. So they they're yep. not, they went nine and three in the regular season. Yeah, they played schools with like triple, quadruple the amount of students. So here are his stats through twelve games. Hundred fifteen tackles, thirteen of those for loss, three sacks, three passes broken up, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a blocked punt. That's pretty good, Darren. We can just stop there, right? No, no. No. How about he also plays on uh, on offense at running back? 157 carries for 1,104 yards, <laughs> 19 touchdowns, and he's also got nine receptions for 216 yards and three scores. 22 touchdowns and also 115 tackles. I mean, the dude, this segment is just the Drake Bowen appreciation, <laughs> but especially when we talk about, you know, the Notre Dame commits, you're making you sweat because they're visiting other schools. The face of the class, committed to Notre Dame very early. You know, doesn't get a ton of fanfare right now, just outside of his outstanding high school performances. You know, we, we don't spend a lot of time talking about Drake Bowen. I'd also throw um, Notre Dame defensive line commit Brennan Vernon in that category as well. But 
I mean, the offers. I, I, I when he before he committed to Notre Dame, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Oregon. I mean, just a long, long list of schools that were after him. One of my favorite recruits I've been able to interact with, just how he carries himself. Um, someone who has taken up that mantle of the leader of the 2023 class. Remember, Notre Dame still doesn't have a quarterback commit in that cycle, so you have to have somebody. It's Ben Bowen, but that's not really him. Like, he's not that kind of guy who's like, yeah, like, let me get that uh, kind of spotlight. He just wants to do his, his job as a linebacker, right? Just to kind of be low-key, but he knows that someone has to be that kind of face of the class, and he's stepping up and done that. Um, so kudos to you, Drake Bowen. I'm a big fan. I'm really going – he – He's the sleeper pick right now to be my, you know, that Joe Walt of this class, my favorite recruit that I'm putting my stamp of approval on. Usually I don't go for a big-time player like Bowen, but, you know, I'm just so excited about him. And he's got Great a kid. wonderful Great baseball swing, too. Yeah, I think he's going to play harsh baseball. So how about he that? Looks, he looks good. Really I've good. seen him play. I've seen him play. He came and played in Atlanta in summer 2021. Got to see him. He's a good player. Good player. Yep, he's the full package. There's no doubt about that. And Andrean around here always does really good things in the state tournament, so I'm sure they're on probably the path to go deep into the tournament as one of those two-way teams. Is that how you pronounce it? I've been pronouncing it wrong this entire time yep. for two years. I've been saying Andrean, okay? Yeah, I didn't want to correct you. I, I've been saying it like an idiot. Thank I've been on your show for, what, two, three years, Darren, and you're just now Let me know I've been wrong. Thank you, Mr. Pritchett. You know, if you double my pay, I'll give you all the details you want about Andrean. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I guess we should start winding things down here as we wrap up shop on Notre Dame football recruiting talk for the week. But really, the information you need on Notre Dame football recruiting never stops at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Signing days around the corner. Yeah. Uh, that third third Wednesday in December, and it's it's going to be um, a quite the interesting stretch run. With we've talked about so many times, Notre I mean Notre Dame has 23 commits in their cycle, but still a few more spots left and different uh, moving pieces to figure out who's the quarterback, who's the uh, who's that fifth offensive lineman, how many more skilled players do they take? It's going to be really interesting. So go to blueandgold.com get all the information about our deal. It's $10 through the, through the start of the next football season. Um, so you sign up now, it costs you 10 bucks and you get access um, through August 31st, 2023 before you have to renew. Um, I, and that $10 will uh, be worth it for just this. We posted 14 articles on Monday. Wow. That 10 bucks just covered for you Monday. I mean, that was worth it. And, and then you, yeah, you're going to get it through the start of the next football season. So I mean, the, the staff of Blue and Gold does an amazing job. You go to the loose emoji board and get fantastic interaction with thousands of Notre Dame fans. So it's definitely the place to be and would encourage folks to check it out. And just so you know, one of the notes I didn't get to, I was going to praise you, but you made fun of my notes, so I wasn't going to praise you, but I'll say it now. You you were talking about Great House, and you, you said there's probably not anything to worry about, but I was reminded what you said in previous weeks, guys like Smith and Barnes are backup plans in case – one of the big three wide receivers leave the class. Now it sounds like they're more of a priority than that now, but that still resonated. That I hate the term back. Yeah, I don't like the term backup plans. It just has a negative connotation. That's I don't think that's why Notre Dame is okay. those guys. But it's it 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 doesn't hurt. No, you know, it doesn't hurt. No. And now it sounds like they really like them. No matter if Jaden or anybody leaves, that they like right. those guys. So there you go. So I listen at least fifteen percent of the time. Wanted you to know. <laughs> All right. Have a good rest of the week. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Derek. That's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Leprechaun Lunch continues next. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wrapping up Leprechaun Lunch, it is powered by First State Bank, locally owned and operated. Also brought to you by Four Winds Casinos. Your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Notre Dame Navy. Our coverage gets underway 6 a.m. tomorrow. Marcus Freeman show replay. And then uh, Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and myself. 
Darren and Tyler with the game day sports beat powered by Michelob Ultra. After the game, the official Notre Dame football post game show with uh, Reggie Brooks and myself. All right here in Sports Radio 960 WSBT throughout the course of the day tomorrow. Uh, Irish 15 and a half point favorite tomorrow. The uh, the point total set at 39 and a half. Um, if you think it seems a little low, uh, keep in mind that uh, you know Notre Dame's defense kind of built to defend the <laughs> the triple option a little bit. Kind of built for it as long as the tackling keeps up. Like the tackling was great against Clemson. As long as they keep that level of tackling up against Navy, they should be able to cover that fifteen and a half points uh, pretty easily. Because I think, uh, I think the running game, I think the offense is going to have another great day tomorrow. So especially the running game. So uh, that uh, game kicking off at noon on ABC. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's that's Notre Dame and Navy for tomorrow. Later on tonight, I uh, want to say good luck to the Mishawak Cavemen. They're uh, they're playing in regionals against Fort Wayne Snyder. That's happening at Steel Stadium. Uh, kickoff at seven thirty tonight. I believe the uh, the pregame show going to be hitting the air on ninety six one the ton, our sister station, uh, sometime around seven o'clock. So good long uh, pregame show. And uh, that takes you into a uh, a pretty important game. Of course, we'll be recapping all of that coming up Monday night over at uh, Monterey Mexican Grill with Caveman Corner right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, myself and, uh, and and Dean Huppert and uh, hopefully some victorious cavemen coming up after uh, after tonight's game. So good luck to the cavemen. Good luck to Notre Dame. And good luck to you getting through this weekend. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 